and politics as discussed by two professional killjoys. I'm Rachel and Melody is in Guatemala. So today we have a special interview episode in which I interview Melissa Zimdars, also known as Mish Zimdars. She's a media studies scholar, fat studies scholar, uh, and a friend of mine. And I'm really excited. The interview was awesome. Mish really knows her stuff and gave uh, me a lot of interesting things to think about in terms of representations of fat on television and in other elements of media. So I hope you enjoy the interview. Uh, Melody and I will be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. So I'm sitting here with Melissa Zimdars, a.k.a. Mish, probably call you Mish on the rest of the time. Um, And do you just want to tell everyone sort of what you do and what you study? Sure. Um, Well, I'm, I guess, sort of academically assistant professor at a school in the north of Boston area, and I primarily study media as related to the body um, issues of health, um, and sort of in, uh, aligning with um, fat studies. Yeah, cool. Um, and so you say fat studies, and is that is what that, does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah, people are always like, um, when I say <laughs> that. Um, even a- academically, it's still a very, very growing field. Um, and so basically, that, that's it's kind of a, a topic of research that exists across multiple disciplines. So people will look at um, like body size on television, like diversity or people theorizing like what it means to be a fat person and to like navigate a world that, you know, makes it difficult to be a fat person. Um, And so fat studies, you know, there's a lot of stuff about clothing and, you know, analyses of discrimination. And so I mostly focus on media representations of, of fatness or any kind of of body that deviates from the normative health prescription. And would you say that the even using the term fat is, that's clearly an intentional choice. Yes. Um, do you think there's kind of parallels? You know, I come from a queer studies background and a lot of times I'll say that and some people are like, you're not supposed to say the word queer. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like people think that about the word fat? I do. And I often say, like, you know how the term queer is? And people will be like, what? And I'm like, okay, I'm clearly like, well, let's go to another term. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so fat is used in sort of a 
like to neutralize the way that it's been used as an insult. So just using fat to describe the body, much like we say someone is short or tall, like so someone could be thin or fat, but that doesn't necessarily imply a, a worth or good or bad. So, yeah. Do you think that that is widely and largely used and accepted in ways that most fat people self-identify as fat? See, I hesitate to say most. I think a lot yeah. of people um, are, are gravitating towards that term, but you still hear a lot of people say curvy. Mm -hmm. or, and I think these things can mean the same thing. They can imply different things. Um, and less common, but I still hear people sometimes describe themselves as overweight mm -hmm. or obese, um, which are terms that I tend to avoid unless describing, you know, in a medical way. But I feel like Matt, fat, not Matt, uh, <laughs> that fat is, I think, becoming sort of like a central term that most people use. Yeah. yeah. It's been, I think it's been interesting because I've been trying to use the word fat more because the fat acceptance movement mm -hmm. and knowing what I know about, you know, the way that people are starting to self-identify as that, but it's been hard for me to like project that onto people if I don't yeah. know personally that they actually use it. I have to, yes. Um, I always have to have a disclaimer. Yeah. Um, and even especially like when I talk to other individuals who might identify as being fat or have at different points in their lives, sort of like how I'm using it. Like I feel mm -hmm. it's still a term that is very loaded and you need to so, you know, I guess be sensitive to make sure everyone is, is cool with that because mm -hmm. some people might associate that word with, you know, some they were called that as a child or, you know, at some point in their lives and it could be traumatic. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's it seems like a tricky a tricky thing, but mm -hmm. um, it also seems like, like the word queer, there's been like a lot of really liberatory sort yes. of yeah. results from using it and reclaiming it. Um, so, you know, the fact that there is a fat acceptance movement and the fact that the media is a focus of uh, fat studies, like what, I guess basically just sort of, clearly we all know that the media uh, promotes a particular body type mm -hmm. and that, you know, fat acceptance movements are speaking out against that. So do you want to just sort of say like things that I'm sure all the listeners know, but just sort of what has been the landscape of bodies in the media and how has fat, you know, fat acceptance movement or just in general your sort of analysis how is it sort of well let's start with the beginning let's what's yeah. what's so sort of the landscape. the landscape yeah so I mostly focus on television but I think it's it's safe to say looking at films and television that you know the kind of body that women in particular um have or possess or embody I guess is is usually thin and so um studies show that over the last 30 years on television women's uh, body size or weight has gotten smaller while, um, you know, overall, although I think some of the status suspect, and we can maybe talk about that later, that like women have gotten larger overall. Um, and this isn't quite the case for with men. So this is a very gendered double standard. There are uh, men of all kinds of different sizes have been on, you know, on the small and big screen throughout history. But women, there have been sort of exceptions to the rule. Um, like, you know, Roseanne is one of the most iconic sort of actresses who embodied sort of being a fat woman and, and celebrated it in some ways. Um, and earlier, like, I'm blanking on the name, but on Designing Women. Uh, oh, no, yeah. Yeah. I can't, I, can't, I can't remember. Delta Burke. Delta Burke. Yes. Yeah. And so not even, and like, and you had storylines that sometimes discuss size, 
um, in her dealing with weight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't look at her and, and even identify her as being a mm-hmm. fat woman. Although, I mean, that actually brings up a fun fact, if you'll if you'll allow me. Yeah, tangent a little um, bit. <laughs> it's tangent a little bit, but it, it deals with how what we perceive. Like if we perceive someone on the screen to be fat or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and for men, um, men have to gain 70 pounds in order to be considered fat above sort of the, the normative BMI, mm-hmm. body mass index scale. Women are perceived as being fat through surveys when they gain just 10 pounds. Wow. And so yeah. like who we may or may not consider to be fat mm-hmm. on the screen is also, you know, tricky. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So when you talk about, this just reminded me when you talked about how there are some storylines that talked about her, Mm -hmm. her weight. I'm really curious about this sort of, I've been having this discussion with my partner because we just have been rewatching Gilmore Girls and then watched the movie Spy with Melissa McCarthy. And on Gilmore Girls, uh, for those of you who didn't watch it, Suki is Melissa McCarthy's character and she her weight is literally never discussed yeah. at all. She has romantic relationships. She is, you know, kind of like, there's like some, she's like kooky and clumsy, but it's not like body related. We don't hear about her body at all. Um, I'm wondering, do you feel like, is this sort of a version of like colorblindness, except fat blindness that actually doesn't reflect the sort of, struggles that fat people experience or do you think it's this amazing moment when it's like actually there are pockets of the world where it wouldn't come up yeah I actually think both so a lot of my research focuses on identifying uh sites specifically on television where they're actively discussing what it means to be fat and addressing um like loving their body because it's fat or problems they experience because of the world around them Mm -hmm. not feeling the same way um, and I think that kind of dialogue is incredibly important. But just as important, I think, is having it be something that doesn't need to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just be a person who is fat. You mm-hmm. know, you don't mm-hmm. have to be a fat person. Right? right. And so I think that there's a lot of value in sort of both happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, I feel like there's queer parallels there too because there's, you know, back pushback from queer some queer more sort of like radical queer identified people who are like I'm not just like everybody else. I'm not mm-hmm. just a person who happens to be queer. I am a queer person. But there's also been so many gains from being like, "Oh yeah, they're a couple. They happen to be gay." Mm-hmm. Like so I see I see sort of both sides of that. Um the reason that I brought up spy movie is because I heard you did you see it? Yeah. Spy. Um that's funny. <laughs> I, yeah, I I thought it. I actually really liked it. They do talk about her looks, but not necessarily about her fatness. Yes. But simultaneously, they're kind of wrapped up together. A they're wrapped up bit. together, absolutely. Yeah. But simultaneously, we see her riding a scooter in stilettos, running after bad guys and mm-hmm. like ninja chopping them, um, having romantic relationships. Like so. I thought that was an interesting Yeah, and it seems like, if anything, they had to actively try to make her sort of dowdy or, like, mm-hmm. unattractive in the film. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, it, it's interesting actually thinking more about it now that, like, her – and I think that's actually a huge step in Hollywood. Like, her just being a fat woman didn't automatically mean that she had, you know, mm-hmm. like – 
you know, and again, I hesitate to be like, oh, like, she was already beautiful because, but yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but a part of <laughs> yeah, it, she, yeah, like, yeah. they had to try to make her unappealing and unattractive to blend in, like, a typical, right. you know, generic American tourist. Right, and, right, exactly. And so, like, not being said, I think, is important, and I think of another example, like, Gilmore Girls is, uh... I can never say her name correctly, um, but like Gabby Sedebe. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, on Empire, uh, she plays Becky, and she had a sex scene. Was seen as this like very desirable object. It was never discussed. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, and I think so. Like that's those sort of instances in which fat women can like you know have some pleasurable sex, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's not a thing. I think that's important, but obviously we live in a world where you know, we're not past viewing fat people in, in very terrible ways and yeah. discriminating against them. So. Totally. But both also fetishized sexually, but never for like mm-hmm. mainstream view, for like normative consumption. Just like, yeah. you know, we we do know that there is like a sexualization sometimes to fat women. Yes. That... Although I resist that. Oh, okay. In a way, theoretically. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't well, like tell I, me. Yeah. Well, let me make one quick comment yeah. and then tell me more about that. It also reminds me, did you just see that Nick Jonas put out a music video where his love interest in the in the video is what the internet is calling a plus size, apparently she's a plus size model, no. but she's a fat woman, yeah. Um, we can look, I'll, I'll look it up while you're, uh, um, tell, so, so talk to me about the sexualization. What are you, what are you pushing back on well, that? So one show that I've written a lot about is, was a very short-lived show that very few people watched, um, besides, besides probably people that are really into fat acceptance, and that's a show that was on TLC called Big Sexy. And the show is very, like, talking these, you know, women who work in the plus-size fashion industry and sort of their dating lives and, you know, all the things they have to do to be models and designers in, in a, a world that especially places thinness on a pedestal. And all of the women, like, are date, they're sexually active, they, you know, are very open about this. And when I was writing this, one of the things reviewers kept talking about was... Like, I was framing it in a very empowering way. Like, look, they're fat women and they are, like, you know, celebrating their bodies and, and, you know, engaging in pleasurable things. And people kept saying, like, well, aren't they just fetish objects? And I was like, well, why is it that when someone is attracted, you know, most often to larger women, that that's a fetish when people who exclusively date thin women, like, why is that not Mm -hmm. considered a fetish too? So, Mm -hmm. like, what do we gain by saying... You know what I mean? Like labeling any Abs- kind of sort of sexual attraction Abs- or fetish? Absolutely. And I and I just to clarify, wouldn't say that. Yeah, I did. So, for example, so here I'm showing, uh, listeners, I'm showing Mish a picture of, um, or it's Joe Jonas. I didn't yes. even know there was, I didn't know who that was. Other Jonas. Um, the other Jonas, <laughs> some other Jonas. So, yeah, she's, and it's not, I wouldn't describe this as like, this is like a fetish thing. I was just simply saying that there is a history of yes. fetishizing. Yeah, there is. Women. Fat like women's big, beautiful bodies. women. Yes. Right. So like right. thing and that kept that always often gets Drake likes out. his girls BBW, for example. Yes. <laughs> and so like like how if we think like, well, why does that when does it be what does a fetish mean? When does it become a fetish? And I'm sure some of my friends that research sex would have a lot well, to say about this, but I mean I yeah. think a fetish is anything that falls outside of what is def- defined as normative. Yeah. And so that fat is outside of what's defined as normative. So even if Yeah. You know, it's socially constructed as a fetish, even if it shouldn't be. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. In- interesting. Um, yeah. So I think. Uh, so actually, I want to go back to um, Gabby Sidibe. Uh, 
so we see this. So she's a black actress. Everybody else we've been talking about is white so far. What do you sort of what are what do you sort of notice about race and fatness in media representation? Well, it seems oftentimes um, that when actresses of color, that it's it seems to be like, well, of course it would be okay for them to be fat because of like cultural histories of of body types being more accepting. Um, although there's a lot of weird evidence based on like surveys where women themselves don't often feel that sort of that freedom apparently um, because they're still even even if larger bodies are accepted like oh they have must look certain ways or being mm-hmm. thick or fat in the right places. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think they're like the show Big Sexy we had a very diverse cast um, and and so I, I think it's tricky because it, there's a perception that there's more leeway in terms of of what your body can look like but I just I feel like it's it's that's probably more you know perception than actuality yeah experience but yeah I don't know I think that's tricky yeah yeah I think I think so too um I guess well maybe I when Mish and I listeners were discussing what we were going to talk about prior to the show, um, maybe this is a good segue into the Kardashians. Maybe um, it is. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Another so, yeah. So, you know, we talked about just how the Kardashians are potentially changing um, understandings of what a quote-unquote ideal body type is. But that's it's exactly what you said, like thick in the right places, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Yeah, um, like Kanye on Cocktails with Chloe, which oh I also watched. <laughs> <laughs> I need to start. Don't judge me. I, no, oh There's no. just a handful of episodes yeah, that you should check yeah. out. But um, Kanye was talking about when he first met Kim, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, she has tits, ass, and face. The, 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 the trifecta. The trifecta. Right? Wow. So, like, you know, I have friends um, who identify as fat, and they will say, well, I have a larger stomach. Mm-hmm. And so they feel self-conscious about that. Like, I gain weight in my midsection mm-hmm. rather than my ass. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't fit with sort of what is, right. you know, the accepting of curvier bodies now, Right, you know? right. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that there's still – is there any good that comes out of that? I mean, you do a lot of reparative reading. So like, I do. So what, what is reparative about the Kardashians and body – stuff yeah well I guess I mean I feel like I mean on a very personal mm-hmm. level like as someone who's like pretty curvy I'm like I don't know I'm like I feel like I'm less self-conscious of my mm-hmm. own rear end <laughs> than I used to be um and I think like I wish that like and again there are like people celebrated their 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 bodies before the Kardashians right like you have like JLo and Beyonce we were talking about earlier Um, and lots of other artists, but like, you know, they haven't maybe talked about their bodies as actively or as often as like all of the Kardashians have, um, which is just like omnipresent on, you know, Instagram and all of these shows and Mm -hmm. spinoffs and and cocktail hours. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that they have, I feel like they are adding to sort of the alternative discourse of of body confidence and acceptability in a, in a really weird and particular way, right? Like, yeah, and that I that there has been vocal outcry from black and brown women who have said, why did it take yes. a group of pr- people who are perceived to be white to, to do it? To do this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't read this article yet, but there's something about 
what's her name? Black China? Is that mm-hmm. Rob's yes, Black girlfriend? China. Yes. Um, Rob's fiance. Fiance. Oh, not new. And soon to be mother of his child. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, there was an article about how she's trying to take back what the Kardashians have stolen from black people, basically, or some, something. I'll yeah, have to, I'll have to read it and post it. I mean, or that language surprises me slightly because since her and Rob have gotten together, now it seems like they've really joined forces. And oh, like, really? every tabloid thing I read is about how black China can like play nice with Kris Jenner and the mm. momager. Oh, interesting. Um, so okay. it seems like, I mean, maybe that'll shift like a more yeah. cooperative, like, yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, I would probably feel the same way. Like, yeah. I mean, cause I think a lot of the credit does get, you know, or maybe gets misapplied, but I don't know. Right. It also makes me think about speaking of sort of race critiques where we where we see progress with maybe body stuff but certainly not with race stuff is the TV show girls which yes. um both of us have talked about as being mostly pretty fans of mm-hmm. and particularly um you know I personally have been very impacted by seeing Lena Dunham naked so much, you know, seeing more of her body, or not necessarily naked, but in a bikini, in midriff shorts. Yeah, or neon mesh tank Right, (laughs) right, exactly. Um, So, yeah, do you have, what are your thoughts on sort of girls and Lena Dunham? I mean, actually, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons to dislike girls, but like, you know what I'm saying, you know, but I consider myself a fan, and what really won me over actually was her sort of nonchalance I guess would be the word with Mm -hmm. her body so like I'm like splayed in a bathtub eating cupcakes and like Mm -hmm. and seeing that I remember when I taught girls like years ago when it first came out I had students that were like she shouldn't be naked and and I was like actually no I'm super glad that she is Mm -hmm. because like I don't know and and like it made me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and that's why I was glad because I'm like why am I uncomfortable seeing her body Mm -hmm. and I realized that it was really sort of about my own continued discomfort with myself Mm -hmm. despite you know believing all these things about fat acceptance and body positivity and so I think for that like I give Lena Dunham a ton of credit because yeah yeah I agree I think it's also a good example of that juxtaposition we were talking about earlier where most of the show her she'll talk about her body kind of we see a lot Mm -hmm. of her body but she has sex and relationships and jobs and goes mm-hmm. through life without it being an issue. You know, she, she dates thin, all of her partners mm-hmm. on the show have been thin, you know, nor, quote unquote normative standards, whatever size. And, um, but also there will be occasional episodes where she'll talk about how hard it, she's been wanting to lose 15 pounds her whole life and how hard yeah, it is hard that is. Yeah. I remember that yeah, yeah, line. Yeah. She like screams the, that line. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I related to that, you know, I related to that to, to an extent. Um, so I think that that's – I appreciate it for that exposition too where it's like, yeah, like people who aren't skinny get through life just fine. And also there's probably some sh- shit in your head every day about it. It's just you don't yeah. say that out loud all the time. Um, yeah, because unfortunately we're still raised in a society, in a media environment mm-hmm. in which like, you know, we are sold all kinds of products and told how bad we are all the time. Yep. And so it's hard not to internalize that even when you're like Lena – you know, you know, willing to just put it out there yeah. and embrace it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but I personally, and again, plenty of critiques to rail against her Yeah, for her politics and race issues on the show, but I personally am like a yeah. big fan of what she's done for body consciousness Same. in the world. You and know? I think that's sort of like a good thing to remember about all of the kind of 
fat representations that we see. And one of my biggest points always is that I think there's always weight. There's never going to be like the perfect fat representation. Um, there will there'll always be something with which someone disagrees or that it wasn't done right. We mm-hmm. can't agree on what that even means. Right. And so like, again, recuperating mm-hmm. girls, like looking for, well, what, what is productive and how she is celebrating her body or like on big sexy, what is, what is good and, and, and motivational or, or can be like a good role model to people. Totally. You know? Yeah. I mean, it feels it's like that with any representation studies, exactly. right? You yeah. can't, is it better to represent, you know, the upper middle class black person who doesn't, we don't talk about race at all or to represent the reality of poverty stricken black yeah. people on the streets. And we've had just, both on television right? and, and audience studies show <laughs> that people <laughs> interpret them very differently. Right. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The problem with, representation um I wanted to go back to something you said about Lena Dunham eating cupcakes in the bathtub and I'm personally really struck by the sort of culture of like skinny women eating pizza and like Mm -hmm. you know how acceptable it is for thin women to make jokes about how much they love food and love to eat burgers and pizza and cupcakes but that fat women aren't allowed to do that. Um, and so I'm just wondering if you're on your thoughts on that, maybe specifically we can start sort of venturing into like health and things like that. But yes. no, I mean, I, I think that definitely exists. And that was one thing again with big sexy, the women would talk actively about what they wanted to eat. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it, sometimes it was very indulgent cause we all, you know, can and should indulge sometimes. And same with Lena. Um, but there's definitely right. The perception that like, you know, that you can't, that you're not allowed to embrace what you're eating. But I think fat activists have done a really good job of this. Like, um, like Virgie Tolvar has been mm-hmm. really open about like, yes, I, I put good fuel in my body. Sometimes it's vegetables. Sometimes, you know, it's a ton of cheese and that's, right. that's sort of how I am too. Um, and so I think that's, you know, striving for a variety because I, I think it's good firstly, actually that uh, skinny women, I'm using like scare yeah, quotes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that like, yeah, you should celebrate eating pizza because I think mm-hmm. that's really important. I think yeah. overall, like women, especially of all body types have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of collective work to do with relationships between, you know, identity, food and the body. Um, so that, that makes me happy. And I just, I hope someday, not just for women in this sense, but someday that like, you know, we don't have this sort of moral imperative, like, no, like you are fat, therefore you must eat salad only Mm -hmm. and you can't enjoy food, you know, which is pretty fundamental to being a human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's unpack that more. So there's this phrase that comes up in fat studies, this, and the world is just not always used in these terms, but this idea of health as a moral imperative. So say, if you could just say more about that, um, and what it means to reject that. Yeah, I mean, so that concept is, is you know, fat throughout history actually only recently has been considered in medical terms. Um, so that's something that really happened in the 1900s, in the mid-1900s, actually. Um, oh, I mean, it was talked about like that sometimes, but infrequently. And so fat historically, um, when it was viewed as a problem, was almost always as a moral failing. Mm-hmm. So it meant that you as a person... Um, you're not living your best life. Like you're being lazy or overindulgent or whatever it may be. And so I think in that sense, fat then gets wrapped up so much with 
your identity, um, and like sort of the core of like who you are, like your morality, your value system. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like that still very much exists, um, in relation to fatness. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, what I'm blanking. I had a follow up question to that. Um, yeah, I mean, and I guess I'm thinking about a Bridgie Tovar article that, so there's, there's sort of, she was pushing back about things within the fat acceptance movement that talked about that you can be healthy at every size. That's yes. a big thing. Health at yeah. every size. And Virgie was saying, what if I don't want to be healthy at all? Yes. Yeah. And so that's an interesting thought yeah. as well. So like fat, right? So fat itself is viewed in sort of these moral ways, but then so is health, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of sociologists in the 70s came up with this term, um, like medicalization, and it was sort of the way that, like, all these different aspects of our body become under the purview of medicine um, and any sort of, like, uh, scare quotes, defects, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, having bad breath or being, you know, whatever it may be. Like, we could have a laundry list of things that we are, you know, policed for. Mm -hmm. um, but that health itself, as part of medicine, becomes this moral imperative mm -hmm. so that, like... Not only, you know, you must be thin, but then you also must be healthy. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you see this a lot in sort of the growth of fitness culture, mm -hmm. you know, which is connected to, but even separate from fatness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and it's interesting. This comes up with my students a lot when we're talking about fat stuff, that people feel supposedly very concerned with fat people's health, right? Yes. There's yeah. like lots of concern. That's that's why people talk about fatness. That's why people talk about obesity because they're so concerned for the well-being of fat people. Mm -hmm. And yet, on the one hand, and I, this, I'm sort of bracketing Bridgie Tovar's like reject yeah. needing health at all. So I'm going back to this idea that there can be health at every size. We, we literally know nothing about fat people's health any more than we know something about thin people's health. And we could be looking at a thin person who is horribly unhealthy and a fat person who's incredibly healthy. Yeah. Um, if you're talking about te blood tests and <laughs> levels yeah, of all you the things. something that can be visually diagnosed. Right. Um, and I think that's where all the layers of fat and health become this sort of moral thing yeah. that reflects on you because people assume they can see that based on the size of your body. Right. And it also assumes, going back to this idea of um, fatness and laziness and not living your best self, just this idea that, that you can assume that, you know, I've heard many people, they all mostly have been men. I'm not saying women don't do this too because I know they do, but make assumptions about whether or not people work out, for example. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who has worked out actively and is like a fitness instructor, like, and I'm not a super thin person, like I've, that's been hard because it's mm -hmm. like, you have no idea whether or not people work out. Like you don't yeah. know. And so that's just, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting it or assumption. I've definitely read blog posts of, of people working in the fitness industry who identify as fat and yeah, how, yeah. like, you know, how they have to, like, you know, talk to their clients in certain ways or, like, mm -hmm. getting new jobs is difficult because part of selling fitness, if you mm -hmm. think about the commercial aspects, is, like, oh, like, the body of the person who's leading me. Like, is that supposed to be aspirational? Yep. And, like, fat can also be aspirational in a sense, right? So I'm not trying totally. to say that. But there's, you know, what fatness implies or what a, a thinness implies um, is automatically link, linked to assumptions about health that you exactly. know, we can't know. Exactly. And, I, and 
so I know I've mentioned I I've mentioned um, my friend Lacey Davis, and she's a fitness instructor, and um, on her podcast with her co-host, who's also a fitness instructor or a trainer, personal trainer rather, um, they've talked about how they feel like their clients go to them because they want somebody who looks mm-hmm. like them. Neither of them are fat identified at all, um, but they have. They're not this, you know, super stick figure yeah. bodies or whatever. And so they've talked about that. And I also had somebody come up to me at my yoga studio, a mom, who said she loved that she could take her daughter to our studio because there was like body diversity of the, of the, awesome. of the yeah. people. And it's it was great. I was like, I'm so happy. But then I also had this socialized moment where I was like, she's saying that, you know, I'm not thin enough, <laughs> like that I'm I'm good for, which is great. I want to be yeah. good for her but daughter's self-esteem. Still- but I internalize this shit exactly. so like, hard I mean, that it's... Like, and I'm, you know, talking to you, Rachel, about my own, like, continuous struggles with mm-hmm. the size of my body mm-hmm. and, like, my relationships with food. So, again, like, even being conscious in, of, of all of the social constructions mm-hmm. of the body and, like, believing so much in fat acceptance or body positivity, sometimes it's still hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when you've, you know, so you're surrounded by Within that society. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, this also thinking about trainers and fitness culture reminds me of how much we see on Instagram and like mm-hmm. this sort of Instagram culture of the way we see bodies. Um, what are sort of your thoughts on that? How social media, Instagram in particular, maybe is shaping all this? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of how I've approached um, Instagram and issues of like bodies and health has been through my students because um, a lot of them talk about fitspiration, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of a play on, like, thinspiration, which was, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't, like, I always feel weird. Like, I, I feel like it's a problematic term that has, you know, been really common in, like, eating disordered uh, communities. Um, but, like, so fitspiration, if anything, has become, like, this sort of new, like, it's not about the body and what the body looks like. It's about being fit and being your mm-hmm. best self. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of this... Like, we've had so much, I think, awareness in a sense of, of issues of body image mm-hmm. and, and wanting to be healthy that I personally think um, sort of, like, the fitness stuff on Instagram and elsewhere has just become a new way to me of, like, oppressing, oppressing people that isn't necessarily focused on body size, although I think it still circles back to that in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. I personally think all the fitspo stuff that I see yeah. is still, it's like... Who needs to be skinny when you can have muscles? Then it becomes yeah. about muscles, and it's mm-hmm. still about body aesthetics. Yeah. That, um, you know, it doesn't I, – I don't know. What is fat – I mean, I think that's – I mean, I this is interesting because, like, I don't think being – being against – body shaming culture means that you can't desire a particular aesthetic or, or totally. want a particular yeah. aesthetic. I don't know. That sounds complicated though. I mean, what do you... Yeah. I mean, I, I tend to agree. And I also, I'm like, and none of this is to say that like women who have muscular bodies and are like, look at like my muscles. I'm like, that is so awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Um, but I think it's again, the way that this is sort of becomes like packaged and sort of, you know, sold to people. Um, and so I think... So going to your point about, like, preferring a particular aesthetic, like, I guess my gut reaction is, like, that's cool, but to be self-reflexive about, like, why you prefer that aesthetic, mm-hmm. sort of, like, does your body sort of naturally look a certain way? Or are mm-hmm. you always fighting against sort of, like, you know, what your body looks like from 
I, I don't know. I'm trying like I'm like treading very carefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I know it's because I just like like for per- me personally, um, in periods when I've lost weight and been a lot thinner, like it was always I felt like my body was always trying to get to the weight that I am presently. Um, and so I felt like I was constantly fighting, mm-hmm. like, where my body wanted to be. Yep. Um, and, like, and this is saying, like, someone, who you know, very athletic, like, yep. and I pride my, you can't see my muscles, but they are there. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I spent a lot of time weightlifting yeah. with my yeah. friends. Um, and so I think, if anything, I would just encourage, like, instead of focusing on the aesthetics, focusing on, like, what your body can do, like, mm-hmm. and, but then that, I'm like, then it becomes ableist. ableist. I know. I run <laughs> but it, I'm like, yeah. you know, being yeah. strong, or, but I think everyone just has to sort of individually, uh, yeah, it's a minefield. It's, it's a minefield. It is a minefield, which actually reminds me of another minefield of the, um, the, and this is kind of, at this point, seems mostly academic, maybe it's in some activist circles, too, but the um the thought about sort of conflating like again academically fat studies and disability studies or oh, yeah. the idea of fat as a Ooh, disability that's really interesting topic of conversation to me as an <laughs> academic because there's and i think there's a pretty a rift in um uh academic circles over whether um fat individuals should be categorized as disabled. Mm-hmm. And I think a really important thing to know about this is that people who are really invested in, like, disability or disability studies, it's not that, like, the individual has something wrong with them, mm-hmm. right? It's about uh, it's about the relationship with the world. Right. And so it implies, like, there's sort of, like, a disconnect or something that isn't compatible between, between an individual and society yep. at large. So saying that a fat person may be disabled, like, we could think about that in terms of housing discrimination, yep. in terms of, of things being, you know, not made f- to accommodate all kinds of bodies. Exactly. Having to um, buy two airplane seats, yeah. for example, or exactly. things like, yeah, yeah exactly. That, um, yeah, it's about, that's how I teach, my good friend Angela does disability studies, and she's taught me a lot, mm-hmm. and so when, and what I've read, it's about, yeah, not, the world isn't accessible or accommodating, Two particular bodies, and mm-hmm. that's what constitutes somebody who's who has a disability. Yep. Um, so in that sense, it seems like fatness fits very well into it does. that. Clothing, even clothing stores, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they can't. You can't go anywhere and buy an outfit. Yes. Yeah. Which but seems- I think probably like we're you know talking about the the word queer or the word fat. I think in a lot of ways the word disabled still comes with. You know, it still it means a lot. With a lot. It's a loaded yeah. with a lot, and I think some people are are still understandably hesitant to say that they, you know, that they are disabled or mm-hmm. in you know, yeah. Although I think I mean, and again, I think this just represents the diversity of what it means to be fat. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure some people who are fat do not identify as being disabled. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think there are people who identify as fat, and maybe that also is connected to. It's just a physical impairment, mm-hmm. which can lead to, like, sh- social disability. Yeah. Um, so trying to, like, be being able to accommodate sort of each, like, individual experiences of, of moving through the world. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. But I will say with disability, I think one of the pushes for it is, like, what thinking about fatness as a disability could do in terms of trying to reduce fat discrimination, mm-hmm. um, which is very rampant. There's all kinds of studies showing like, you know, difficulty in getting jobs that fat students tend to get less attention from teachers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and again, I think this even, 
you know, when you only see certain kinds of bodies proliferating our media, like, and fatness is viewed as something that's that's different or bad, that, that feeds into how we view each other. Yeah. Um, and so thinking about fatness as a disability um, is thought to then maybe open up sort of greater compassion and understanding yeah. um, generally. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that could be. So, yeah, maybe that's, I mean, we're getting maybe at a good at a good point just maybe just some sort of final thoughts were yeah so I don't know what so that could be a, a good generative positive thing what are some other sort of maybe steps that you see as sort of a scholar maybe going back to media like maybe mm-hmm. more things that you think could be done in the media that could be positive or generative or yeah or if maybe those if maybe those terms just feel too I don't know I don't know what do no. you think I mean I guess what I just I hope that the in terms of the media, that the trend continues in which you're seeing um, fat representation outside of weight loss programming. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. think we, I mean, I think a couple years ago we were at like peak weight loss programming. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think enough people sort of critiqued and pushed back against um, some of it. It still exists. Yeah. Um, But that, that we're starting to see, you know, characters who don't always have to talk about their bodies that may sometimes and I think we need just a lot more of that yeah um and even like a good balance of discussing you know fatness on the screen and just allowing people to be humans who may be fat right um and so I guess that's just what I feel like we have momentum going that way and I think that's thanks to people on Instagram and yep. in bloggers and fat activists that are really changing the discourse. Um, yeah, I'd also just some other thing, represent like thing I, characters pops into my head like Grey's Anatomy. There's like mm-hmm. yeah, I, again like I don't know if they're fat identified. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if she's fat identified, but she's mm-hmm. certainly not stick thin. Like yeah, again all these all these labels and words are that's like would she be considered fat? Like it's it's I don't know. But, like it's hard. But yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. But but she came to mind as somebody who has doesn't have the sort of typical. Mm-hmm. mainstream body that we've sort of been discussing um or, or even represented. like actresses like you know melissa mccarthy has been you know and, and she's complicated right Cause she's lost weight we don't mm-hmm. really know like what health related right. body related what right. kind of pressure but like you know talking about what it means to be you know fat and someone who's working in hollywood or mm-hmm. i remember like cameron Mannheim mm-hmm. when she won I think the Emmy uh, for being on the practice in the '90s was like held it up and was like, "This is for all the fat girls." Yeah, I remember. So I think yeah. you know people who work in media industries, you know, connecting even more to like the the non, you know, the the social media stuff and being, you know, more open about sort of what that means. Not yeah, that, not that everyone has to be a spokesperson for like right. their body, or right? Whatever, but right. Yeah, I think people like um, Amy Schumer also came to mind too yes. as someone who like yeah. again like I feel <laughs> like in like, I'm just thinking like her what she said this will always be burned into my mind is like I think I'm 160 pounds right now and I can catch a dick whenever I want <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I was like yes Amy Schumer yes <laughs> like, right exactly and and again like somebody who I feel like in the Midwest towns that I grew up in probably mm-hmm. wouldn't be considered. No, that by any like, stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Like I'm from Wisconsin, everybody, <laughs> everybody eats a lot of cheese. Right. And not again. I say that, and then like, but that doesn't mean if you are fat that you've eaten Eat a cheese. lot of cheese. Right. I know yeah. this is like yeah, and like, that's, ah. that's that's it's hard. Yeah. We're so mm-hmm. ingrained with this, and it doesn't mean that you do eat a right. Yeah, yeah. or that yeah. Thin, skin thin people don't, don't eat, eat a lot cheese. of cheese. Yeah, right. just yeah. everyone in Wisconsin eats cheese. Right. There are lots <laughs> of thin people and, and lots of fat people. people. Right. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so but but I think those those kinds of representations are interesting too. And I just 
yeah, I feel like um, I'm. T- oh, I was gonna wrap up, but now we have. Like, oh yeah, but, but no, 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 no. But I, but all these, these thoughts are coming to my head because I feel like this is such as as educators. This is such a topic that students are so pa- young women in particular are so passionate mm-hmm. about because, as we know, the vast majority of women experience yeah. body shame, eating disorders, body dysmorphia, body, you know. Yeah. All of these things. And then actually, I think then, thinking about, like, final thoughts, like, I think one of the most important things, because that, so that's become more ex- accepting, and I, or, like, more acceptable sort of, or common to- topic of mm-hmm. conversation, not acceptable. Um, but, like, then, so a lot of my students are, are pretty thin overall, mm-hmm. and so sometimes when I get them to think about extending that to all kinds of bodies, mm-hmm. there's some resistance. Mm-hmm. And so reading like um you know books about thin privilege or Mm -hmm. like fat acceptance so like even you know trying to expand what we're reading and exposed to you know yeah I think that if like there's any other academics listening like I think that's an important thing to do yeah totally I think thin thin privilege is something that yeah people have a hard time with as I just remember when the Megan Trainor song came out and they Mm -hmm. she talked about skinny bitches and there was some backlash about like now you're discriminating against thin people and even having you know this sort of like now mainstream desire for fat asses there are thin women who feel like they don't yeah they don't get to be a part of that yeah. desirability um and so but, sort of like right like any kind of, all this body stuff it doesn't it benefits few people exactly even if you have like a scare quotey perfect body right you know there's always something that we're not supposed to like about ourselves right you know? exactly exactly um yeah, mm-hmm. and women in particular, right? Yes, like we're yeah. just like constantly, like we're we're never gonna win like the game of what society mm-hmm. wants us to look like. And so I think that's something that's really amazing about sort of fat acceptance activism and writing and movements is that it's just like I'm so like just so fucking tired of trying to like fight mm-hmm. against my body to fit something that I will never attain. Yeah. So why not just like do you and like yeah yeah yeah. um yeah cool well this was fun I'm gonna get some ideas I'll link to like some resources we talked about Virgie Tovar we can Mm -hmm. maybe link to some other people um who's the other amazing woman who who just wrote a book um Shrill oh Lindy West Lindy West Lindy West um yeah so some really really cool voices out there um talking about um fatness in our world and I'm so glad that uh, I got to hear your voice as an expert on the field of fat studies thank you for talking that was fun having me yeah (laughs) all right thanks again to Mish for sitting down and talking with me Uh, I hope you all enjoyed that and like I said Melody will be back next week so with that WTF power
lose control and let it go for you know you gon' hit the floor. I rock to the beat till I'm The walk in the club is fire. Get it crunk and wired. Wave your hands, scream louder. If you smoke, then fire up. Bring the roof down and holler. If you tipsy, stand up. DJ, turn it louder. Take somebody by the waist and ooh. Now throw it in the face like ooh.